0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, and we certainly appreciate those especially who may be watching for the very first time. We want you to stay tuned today as we're going to discuss our a subject that you might at first think to be rather unusual. The title of it is Swapping Your Soul for a Bowl of Soup. I hope you'll stay tuned. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible Correspondence Course. There are thousands of people that have already enrolled in this course. Many of those have finished the course, and we want you to have the opportunity to receive it as well. This Bible course will enable you to have a systematic way to study the Bible in the privacy of your home. We've had so many people to write us and to tell us that this has increased their knowledge of the Word of God. So we want you to have the opportunity to study this free Bible course in order that you might know more about the course, in order that you might know how to receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 877 711 5214.
1: I'm reading now from Genesis, the 25th chapter, beginning in verse 27. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac, loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? And then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. But the story of Jacob and Esau is a sad, tragic story. Esau was a man of rugged skills, he was a hunter. I suppose today we would say he was an outdoorsman. And Jacob was the very opposite. He he seemed to be more of an inside kind of a guy. The text says that that he dwelt in a tent, he stayed at home. Esau came home on one occasion and, and he was hungry. And Jacob was cooking a stew. And Esau begged Jacob to give him some of the stew. And so Jacob traded a bowl of the stew for Esau's birthright. And Esau was the loser. Think about it. A bowl of soup for your birthright. He traded that which was in his future for the satisfaction of eating a little bit of stew. He is not the first, nor will he be the last, to do something of that nature. Any time that we give in to some whim of the moment, that's not in our best interest. We're trading our future for a bowl of soup. If you were to take drugs, you may have a high just for a short time. But you think about the long range effects that's going to have in your life. When you commit fornication, you're selling your soul for a bowl of soup. You're sacrificing that which is in your future for momentary pleasure. And we can learn not to do this by studying the life of Esau. We throw away the future. Really, we throw away our souls but when we're blind to the true values of life. That seemed to be the problem with the Pharisees of Jesus' day. They would tithe the mint and the anise and the cumin, and they were omitting ma- weightier matters of the law. Such things as judgment and mercy and faith. You see, they were majoring on minor things, the little small herb seeds. And they were minoring on the major things, judgment, mercy, and faith. They were blind to true values. They're those that scramble to make a success out here in the business world. And while they're scrambling to make a success out in the business world, they neglect the needs of their family. And one day this man comes home and his wife says, I'm leaving you. And then she wonders why. What happened is you treasured your job more than you did those that you love. And when you do that, you're just throwing away the future because you're blind to the true values of life. Well, one of America's big, big problems is our undue emphasis On things that do not matter to the neglect of those things of value that do matter. That is, we fail to put emphasis on things of true value in our lives. We throw away our future. In reality, we sell our souls when we are ruled by our appetites. Oh, there are many people that exchange their souls for a bowl of soup along this line. God has given us a wonderful physical body. David in the 139th Psalm said that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. In that fearfully and wonderfully made body, there is an appetite called thirst. And it is perfectly normal for a person to get thirsty. But there is a legitimate way for that thirst to be satisfied. There are some things you would not drink to satisfy that thirst. For example, you would not drink ethyl alcohol in any form to satisfy the desire or that desire in your body called thirst. There's also another appetite in your body, it's called hunger. It is perfectly normal for an individual to become hungry. But there are just some things that you would not eat. I wouldn't recommend that you try to eat rocks. I wouldn't recommend you try to eat some kind of a poison. Both of them could be deadly. And then there's another appetite. We call it the sexual desire. There is a God-given way to satisfy it as well as, as the other desires that we have in our body. And the problem comes when these desires get out of control, well, when we are ruled by our appetites, and it becomes like a forest fire. I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. He said, I buffet my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest after having preached to others that I myself should be a castaway We can become a castaway, that is, we can throw away our future if we are ruled by our appetites. What controls your body? Do you control the body or does the body control you? Furthermore, we're swapping our souls for a bowl of soup when we focus on this world only. I want you to know this world's not going to last. Oh, absolutely not. It's just temporary at best. 1 John chapter 2 says, The world passes away in the lust thereof. And we ought to view everything in light of eternity. That's what Paul had in mind in Colossians, the third chapter, when he said, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth, on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. And so we need to think not just about things that are on this earth, that are in this world only. We ought to focus our attention upon the next life, on eternity. As Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, we look not only at the things which are seen, but we're looking at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, we ought to view everything in our lives in light of how is this going to affect me in eternity. I read about a man in the 12th chapter of Luke who thought only of this life, and Jesus prefaced this parable by saying, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought with himself, saying, What shall I do? For I have no room where to bestow my goods. This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there I'll bestow all of my fruits and all of my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. God said to him, Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And in verse 21 Jesus said, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. This man was thinking only about this life. He was talking about his goods and his fruits and his barns and his soul. And he even talked about his future. He said, I have goods laid up for many years. He believed that he was going to live a long, long time. You know the reason some people do, never, do not accept Jesus Christ? It's because they think they have lots of time. that They think that they can satisfy their souls on, on things that are of this world and, and of a material nature. But I want you to know, you cannot satisfy your soul on, on things that you would put in a barn. And you cannot satisfy your soul on, on material things. We, we live in a time where we think that if we have a, a new car and, a, and a, we have a condo down at the beach or we have a place in the mountains or, or we have a boat and a motor and, and we can go up and down the streams with that and fish and, and just have a good time, that that's all there is to life. But I want you to know you're swapping your soul for the things that pertain to this world and this world only. And we're throwing away our future. We're exchanging our souls for a bowl of soup when we have no respect, absolutely no respect, for things that are of a spiritual nature. Now there were those in Paul's day that were like that. They had no respect. As a matter of fact, Romans 3.18 says, There is no fear of God before their eyes. And they allowed their disrespect for God to create a pathway that would lead them to eternal ruin. Well, what were they doing? They were just exchanging their souls for a lack of respect for spiritual things. You know, the fear of God is a very, very strong motivation for right doing. In Ecclesiastes, the twelfth chapter in verse 13, Solomon said, Fear God and keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. How much do we really respect God? You can tell how much, how much an individual respects God by, by the time and attention that they give to God. When an individual has no respect for God, they're not going to give God any of their time. They're not going to give God any of their affection. They're not going to give God any attention in their lives. And in so doing, they're swapping their souls for a bowl of soup. And we are exchanging our souls, our eternal destiny, for a bowl of soup when we fail to accept responsibility for our actions. For every cause, there is an effect. For every effect, there is a cause. There is a cause for every effect. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There's something that caused everything to be. The Bible says that Every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. There is a cause for everything that exists. And if you go back behind all things that exist, the original cause, the uncaused cause, is God. So there is a cause for everything that happens. A decision that we make now can have far-reaching effects in our life. Just one decision. When I think about that, I think about Moses and the decision that Moses made when he was in Egypt. In Hebrews the 11th chapter and in verse 24, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather." to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He made a decision. Well, what difference did it make? Well, it made a lot of difference. That one decision that Moses made affected his future. That one decision that Moses made affected the, the future of an entire nation of people. And that one decision that Moses made affected his eternal destiny. You see, a decision that we make is like a rock thrown in the water. That the consequences of that decision ripple into the future. I was called into a home one night to, to mediate between par- uh, some parents and their two sons. And the parents sitting on one side of the room, boys sitting on the other side of the room, and, and the parents explained the plight they had with the two teenage boys. And then the boys were allowed to speak. And one of them told me, he said, Now, preacher, when I get to be 18 years old, I'm going to do what I please. I said, son, that's, that's the reason I'm here tonight. You're already doing that. You're just doing right now what you please. I took a pencil out of my pocket and I held it out before him. I said, you see that pencil? I said, when you pick up that pencil and you hold it by the end, you take what's at the other end of that pencil. Whenever you pick up a stick you pick up the other end of that stick as well. And when you select a road in life, a course of action in life, you are accepting that which is at the other end of that road or that course for your life. For example, if one were to select a a life of crime for their life, well, when they accept that life of crime for their life, then they're going to accept in that same decision, they're accepting the consequences of that at the other end. One day, the police will knock on their door. They'll put handcuffs on them, take them away to to the uh, police station. They'll be carried into court, and they'll be convicted and spend a great deal of time in jail. Why? Because there is a consequence to our actions. But there are so many people who absolutely refuse to accept responsibility for their actions. Here's a man who is arrested, put into jail. But if you go to see him, he says, you know, it's not really my fault. It's my parents' fault. It's the way my parents reared me. Well, he may not have been reared in the best home in the community, but he needs to understand that somewhere, sometime in your life, you have to accept responsibility for your own actions. And the decisions that we make every day carry with them long-range implications and results. So, so sometimes there is this failure to ask this question. What will happen as a result of this choice I'm making right now? And when we fail to ask that question, that's going to lead to disaster. Numbers 32 and verse 23 reads like this. Be sure your sin will find you out. We need to stop and to realize that, that we have to assume some personal responsibility for what happens in my life we can't go through life blaming our uh, failure to live right on someone else sometimes a person may not be uh, very industrious uh, as we would say in the country they're just plain lazy and as a result of not being very industrious then they are not able to buy the things for their family that they would like to, their family needs and make the provisions for their family that ought to be made. But then if they are asked about it, they want to blame it on somebody else. They need to accept responsibility for their own actions, for their own decisions, because your sin will indeed find you out. Yes, we're we're swapping our souls for a bowl of soup when we fail to accept responsibility for, for our own actions, for the decisions that we make. And you're swapping your soul for a bowl of soup when you leave Jesus out of your life. I think now of a, of a question Jesus asked in, in Matthew the 16th chapter in verse 26 where, where Jesus said, "For well, what is a man profited? If it shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, Or well, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm speaking to someone right now who, who needs Christ in their life. Why, why would you not want to come to Christ? It's not because you don't need Him, because you do. It is not because He doesn't love you, because He does. It is not because there's, the number is fixed, that just only a certain number of people can be saved. And that you can't come to Him because that's not true. God wants all people everywhere to be saved. The number's not fixed. You see, you can come to Christ and He will give you life everlasting by obeying Him. Why would you throw away your future? Why would you sell your soul and leave Jesus out of your life? Like Esau, you're selling your birthright for a bowl of soup. Wouldn't you become a Christian today by believing in Jesus? In John 8, 24, Jesus said, If if you believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. It's either believe in Him, or we're going to die in our sins. We're to repent of our sins. In Luke 13 and 3, Jesus said, I I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. It's repent or perish. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. And as a penitent, confessing believer, the Bible teaches we're to be baptized into Christ. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You know, I've never heard of anyone on their deathbed say, I live for Christ and I regret it. Now, I've known of those who said they regretted that they did not obey the gospel earlier in life. But friend, this is your future. It's your future. Don't throw away your future for some trifling thing in this old world. Don't throw away your future for for another drink of alcohol. Don't don't throw away your your, your future for another joint. Don't don't throw away your future for another fling with somebody. Don't throw away your future for something that doesn't have with any redemptive value. Don't sell your soul for a bowl of soup. There are people right now that are watching this telecast that need to be Christians. My appeal to you is that you be a Christian, just a Christian, just just a Christian, just a Christian only. And you do that by giving your life to the Lord by believing on Him and repenting of your sins and confessing your faith by being baptized. The Bible nowhere teaches that we repeat some sinner's prayer in order to be saved here in the Christian age. You you can't find that in the New Testament. But it does teach us, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you do that? Do it today? I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.